Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to talk to you about truth and perspective. Can you please explain what is truth and what is perspective and how they are different or maybe the same? Sure. Um, do you want me to explain in the way that you most relate to it or from a higher perspective? So I think that it would be actually interesting to hear it from different perspectives, right? First from the 3D perspective and maybe then from the higher perspective, if it's possible. Sure. Given that the topic is perspective. (laughs) Yes. No, totally. No pun intended, huh? Yeah. So I would say the 3D explanation is a little bit simpler and I'm glad that we went there first. Um, Truth is what from, from the 3D perspective, what you consider to be Uh, some type of ultimate correctness of something like uh, the ultimate law if you will and this is um, surrounded by a core belief of this is just how things are right now truth still spans the gamut even within the 3d dimension meaning it could be your personal truth it could be the family truth it could be your ancestral truth it can be the truth of your motherland, your country, it can be the truth of the society, it can be the truth of the continent, it can be the truth of the race, meaning uh, like an an African race or the the Chinese people. Um, It could be the truth of a generation. It could be the truth of collective human consciousness. It could be the truth of anything within the consciousness that has nothing to do with humanity. It could be the collective truth of animals, the collective truth of plants, the collective truth of rocks and mountainous formations. It could be the collective truth of wind, collective truth of uh, celestial bodies. It could be the truth of (laughs) the solar system or the galaxy. And then of course we can go into the macrocosmos from there. Yeah. So there are multiple layers even from the third dimensional perspective actually of what you perceive to be the ultimate correct um, statement about something. So that is truth. Perspective is a point of view of someone. Generally, you mean it in a more limited, limited and limiting way. Truth is supposed to be more expansive as a concept, right? A more overarching, all-encompassing type of concept broader type of concept and perspective is supposed to be just an angle with which you look at something or observe something or perceive something so for example one truth can have multiple perspectives absolutely yeah uh-huh. that's interesting uh does it also mean that if you look at this definition that you gave uh for 3d um does it mean that there can be two opposite truths? Yes. Well, it, but again, like what level are we talking about? Um, um, personal truths collide all the time, right? So it all depends on whether we're talking the lower levels of truth that I've just, just described or a little bit on the higher level. So it would be interesting to maybe look at different levels as an example, right? So, for example, personal and then... You, you said there is uh, family truth. And well, my, my personal truth can be I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat. As simple as that. Yeah. Or my personal truth can be my color of skin doesn't mean anything about my future. Or my personal truth slash belief 
can be, well, it means everything about my future, right? Mm -hmm. So personal truth is very similar to the core belief that you have about yourself and the world around you, right? Yeah. Now, um, as we move up, right? right? Say it is a truth of your family. The truth of the family is actually both the collective belief of your family as well as the collective experience of your family. And those are, you know, of something that your family experienced might make be completely different from what another family experienced. For instance, um, one truth of a familial tree that is, you know, used to living in uh, with, with having money, for instance, could be that there is enough money in the universe or I can always find resources for something. Right. That hmm. would be their truth. And yet you can have another family on the other side of the spectrum that hasn't had those experiences. So they haven't formed that core belief. And they believe this world is a very empty place, a very desolate place and a place with a lot of poverty. And they believe there is not a, a, enough resources to go around. And that is their personal truth. Now, whatever your personal truth is, it will determine your framework and your world, the world that surrounds you. Hmm. Right. So it seems like there are a lot of things that are like not material for example like the the beliefs mm -hmm. and uh, there are things that are material mm -hmm. for example for me it was always hard to see like the difference of truth because um, for example you can tell that this thing is good or bad right different perspectives mm -hmm but you can also see a, an object and you can tell that this object is round or square mm -hmm. is there like a difference between these two points of view i don't know how to put it but like the material and not material not really uh, it's just a difference in, in perspective and I'll, I'll i'll explain what i mean so the difference between good or bad or anything that you would call an assessment of something, um, I guess, is easier to dab a perspective, right? It's, it's easier for you to comprehend how that is based on whoever's looking at it and how they're judging that, right? right. Now, you could say that murder is, is bad, quote unquote, but I could come up with 20 instances where, where murdering somebody is actually the biggest blessing, right? Yeah. Um, now, arguably, murdering a mass murderer is a blessing, and that's how all of a sudden something that is very black and white and, and is dapped bad, all of a sudden is not so bad anymore, right? Again, perspective. It's interesting what you're bringing up about shape, so the physicality of this world. And it's actually also perspective, but it is perspective from the higher consciousness standpoint. So everything that you perceive to be true in the physical universe as far as shapes weights sizes speeds all the things that are like kind of like the physical property of an object mm -hmm. you tend to perceive in the same way and you perceive that because you are in a third dimensional space so there are certain quote-unquote rules within a third dimensional space that make certain objects appear square and other objects appear circular or round or diamond shaped uh, somebody looking at the same object from the four-dimensional perspective could see something different. Somebody looking at the same exact object and observing it from the fifth-dimensional perspective might see something else entirely from the other two dimensions below it. Hmm. So, so that is how we get into perspective from a higher um, vantage point, right? Uh-huh. Anything, I will tell you, anything in the physical world is perspective. Somebody's. There's no such thing as the, the the truth within the physical world. All of it is perspective. Can you maybe elaborate um, or maybe go deeper? Into yeah, the sure. Statement? Um, so, again, um, like time space reality, for instance, um, right. it it feels to you right that time moves at a particular you know, in a particular cadence, right? And it almost, it, it's quite funny because on the one hand, you have all these measurements, 
around how many seconds are in an hour, how many you know hours are there in a day, in a year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there is a lot of law and order around the measurement of time, right? Yeah. So technically speaking, it is not only measurable, but it should, from this perspective that it is measurable, be quote unquote the same or should represent a particular type of truth, right? And yet your own perception of it really changes as you age. So very often a common perception of a human is their time moves so much slower when they're children and so much faster when they're older. Hmm. So much happens to you, you know, in, in the first five to 10 years of your life that like literally 40 minutes might feel like an eternity. And then 40 minutes when you're grown up, you know, you're just scrolling in Instagram, 40 minutes is gone in an instant. So if you're saying that time is the truth, how come the same 40 minutes feel and flow by very differently for different people at different ages? Hmm. Right? Yeah. So there you have it, the acceleration of time. Um, space, right? The distance between the two things and the distance between the two objects actually also is perceived very differently. Now, we might say that depending on our speed, right? Wouldn't like again, like thinking about how relative things are, and then there is no truth. If you are an ant getting from mushroom A to mushroom B might take you three hours. If you're an eagle, getting from the same mushroom A to mushroom B can take you three minutes, right? So space actually is arguably not the same either. It's all a matter of perspective. Are you in the perspective of an ant or are you in perspective of an, of an eagle? And by the way, this is all 3D reality, right? So hmm. we've just discovered that time is a perspective and so is space. Yes. That so makes neither sense. of them are the truth. So this because arguably the truth, right, would be something that everybody from an ant to an eagle to a human to, I don't know, a submarine perceives the same. What would be the difference between objective and subjective truth in this case? Subjective truth is something that very few individuals subscribe to. Objective truth is what a lot of individuals subscribe to. That's the only difference, right? Yep. The quantity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Now, there is such a thing as law, right? And, and the thing is, the truth in the 3D realm is such a muddied concept that it really doesn't mean much. It's one of those things that has been used and abused so many times before, and like you can use it in so many different contexts that it's really lost its, its kind of like original meaning, right? So that's why something like a natural law or law of physics might um, be something that has a little bit more depth to it or ground to it. Mm -hmm. Now, there are things like gravity, for instance, electromagnetism or the speed of light that you could dub as the highest truth that there is for this third dimensional world. So what I mean by the highest truth equals law is something that governs so many um, different activities within that reality and is so hard to dispel or so hard to disprove that ultimately it's quote unquote, true 99.999% of the time, regardless of who looks at it. So it means that there is some absolute truth only for 3D, like for this time space uh, reality. If you, yeah, the answer is yes, with the caveat that you would need to be looking at this 3D reality from a perspective of a human within this third dimensional space because you as a human right I mean you're not really a human you're a soul in a human body so you are limiting your perspective to experiencing this 3d consciousness but you are not a 3d consciousness um, perspective in and of yourself mm -hmm. right so if you are to look at the way this dimension is governed from the same dimension Mm -hmm. then you would perceive the ultimate truth uh, or the highest truth there is 
to uh, you know not be something that you would want to doubt right right something that is correct in and of itself if you looked at the same quote-unquote truth from any other dimension it wouldn't feel so true anymore mm-hmm. right and that's where perspective comes in mm-hmm. and that's the thing to understand about perspective right um whatever is truth for a lower dimension is just a perspective for, for a higher dimension and then you know it's it's layers right it's it's like a you know dimension is um is like a layer cake and you move up from lower dimensions to higher dimensions arguably right or you could say arguably it's a pyramid maybe um it doesn't really matter how you think about it but at each of these layers there are its own set of truths truths and perspectives right Hmm. and again that the way that you know when you graduate to the next level say you graduate to 5d from here the things that you perceived to be true open themselves up as just a perspective. Yeah, you see a bigger picture now. Yeah. Do you, um, you know, not to go too far, but like, you know, everything is love is a perspective. Yes. Although it might seem to be true for somebody entering the 5D consciousness where that dimension operates under the assumption that everything is love and love is everything and all you need is love right Mm. once you graduate enough from that perception that is just going to be a perspective that you could have in the universe perspective by the way is while containing right while something that provides clarity while while serving a very interesting lesson of like very deep penetration and learning of something also presents a challenge because it's quite limiting Mm -hmm. if you have one perception one angle that you're looking at something that means that you're missing out on all the other angles that is precisely why as your personal soul goes through an evolution and as you gain higher and higher perspective on things technically as you move up that ladder your higher perspective would encompass your lower perspective plus other things right so it's not like you move from a 30 degree angle angle to a 60 degree angle uh, to like 170 degree angle. It is that gradually you just add yet another layer, yet another layer, yet, a lot, yet another layer. So your picture becomes fuller, hmm. right? So how do I explain this better? Imagine that you're looking at an apple, right? And a certain level of perspective, you can only see the apple. And then you graduate to the next level of perception or evolution. And what you're actually seeing that this apple was a part of a basket of apples. And now you see the basket and now you see the apples. You don't stop seeing the one apple that you used to see before. But so you keep, you still see that perspective. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to, you could reduce yourself to that one perspective. But now what's available to you is the whole basket full of apples. And by the way, that is what your higher self goes through when it's planning incarnations. So right now it has a basket full of apples. So it sees the basket. So the limitation of its perspective, it sees all the apples, you know, the reds, the greens, the oranges. Well, there are no orange apples, I guess, in, in, <laughs> on this planet. So they're, they're, they do exist on others. But um, let's say you didn't have an orange apple. Um, you just had the yellows, greens and reds. Um, and so your higher self could choose to experience the world from a perspective of an apple for a hundred years. So it would project itself into that apple's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Now it knows a lot of things to be true. It knows that, you know, all kinds of apples exist and all kinds of other truths. Whereas from the perspective of this one green apple, that green apple might only believe that only the green apples exist. And there are no pears and no uh, apricots, for instance. And then, and then this same soul graduates from into another perspective and it starts seeing that there is actually not just a basket full of apples, it's actually an apple orchard. And inside of that apple orchard, there is a basket with an apples. And all of a sudden, you know, then there is like an additional layer of perspective. Now, this particular soul can incarnate as the basket. They can incarnate as all of apples combined, can incarnate as one green apple. It can incarnate as an apple tree or as an orchard itself 
Does that make sense? Yeah. That is precisely why you as a soul can extend your energy into an individual object on planet Earth, or you can incarnate as the full planet, or you can incarnate as a galaxy or as a system of galaxies. Hmm. It's all about perspective. As your higher self, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. It, it also means that there is no wrong perspective. Correct. All perspectives are right. Correct. Hmm. Or should I say it's, it's not about wrong or right? Because yeah. that's not really applicable to the universe. The thing that the universe cares about is, is it valuable or not? Is it a valuable perspective or not? Because there's, there's no, no such thing as wrong. By definition, every perspective is wrong and every perspective is right. Right? Because if you're experiencing something to be true, how can anyone tell you it's wrong? Right? Hmm. Does it make sense? Yeah, makes sense. So every perspective is both wrong and right. And, but, and, and that's why it would actually be, no pun intended, a very limiting perspective to call it such. Yes. <laughs> that is why, really, the most important thing is does an experience have value or not? Sometimes experiencing a, a limiting perspective could provide exceptional value to your higher self and the universe at large. But the perspective is going to be so limiting that, quote, unquote, you would want to call it wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or like somebody can call it wrong. Yes. And then the evolution of the soul is moving into progressively bigger perspectives, more encompassing perspectives. Every time you, you know, unlock that new layer in the game, more things that you used to perceive as truth now appear as perspective. But at the same time, more things become more clear. You really start to understand the why behind things. Hmm. What would be the difference between uh, truth and perspective from a higher perspective? Um, so the highest truth, like from the high perspective, again, like it depends how high we, we go, right? Um, hmm. how, how far would make sense to go i guess so we can go as high a source if you'd like right Let's um try if, if you if we perceive source as singularity meaning one single point right Unity. the, the yeah. great everything and the great nothing before it started dividing itself even into the masculine and feminine first the source was all of it combined into one um, it contained both the truth of what it was and the perspective of what it was in that one point. So it was one an individed thing. And then, of course, we know that the source wanted to know itself. And this desire to want to know itself is desire for both perspective and truth and the desire for their separation. So in the moment that the great source divided itself into the masculine and feminine aspect, it gained both truth and perspective in the polarity of the two. All of a sudden, right, there became two truths and two perspectives, hmm. the masculine perspective and the feminine perspective. And yet there also remained the one singular perspective of the two of them combined. Hmm. So you would say that A, the number one truth in the universe is that everything is perspective as long as the universe is represented by more than one singular source. So when source starts multiplying or when source starts moving around, rotating, it stops serving as this template a blueprint for things that are true and start serving for the blueprint that is perspective oh that's interesting that's why every truth is half false because there are there is a duality yeah there is a duality yeah because w the first thing that source did when it tried to get to know itself is create duality hmm. now 
despite the fact that there is duality and now all these abound perspectives all throughout the universe, there still exists the perspective that is the memory of that original oneness, like before things got complicated, where everything was one, right? So from the higher perspective, very often when you would try to figure out what is truth, you would compare your own level to how the truth feels from that point of singularity. So there is a blueprint for truth in the universe. Hmm. And that truth is the single universe being a single cell. Right. Yeah. yeah. So very often that is from the higher perspective that you would use in your pursuits. But also that is how you would measure your perspective and what you would measure your perspective in relationship to. Because perspective is actually potentially more important than the truth. Because that is how you learn about yourself. That is how the universe learns about itself. And by the way, that is the whole song and dance that we're all doing as souls is because of the perspective. Perspective is the moving force, right? You could call it evolution. You could call it movement. You know, all of it is oh. is in the pursuit of perspective. So it means that if you strongly believe in something or like y- you think that this is an ultimate truth, it means that your development stops? A, your development never stops yeah i mean for this certain period of maybe time when you believe in this ultimate truth because you have one single perspective at the at this point no your development doesn't that's the thing um centering and anchoring around a core belief could be exactly what you need to do for your next step of evolution oh right Especially if that is what you're lacking at the moment. Right. So you can so, learn. And that's, that's the thing about dimensions. Demen- each dimension anchors a particular state of being. A particular way of perception. And that's why going there, incarnating there, is so incredibly valuable. Because you get to experience the fullness of that perspective all around you. And anchor in it. And that could be the catapult that you need on your path of personal evolution. And then you move on to the next one and the next one. It doesn't mean that you stop your evolutionary process, but the evolution is not always the movement up, 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 up. The evolution is also the depth of the experience once you're in it. So it's not just vertical, it's also horizontal. So when you go into a particular layer of the cake, To fully comprehend that layer, you need to go horizontal from left to right all the way before you fully studied it. Because even within, while there is like a unifying perspective of 3D consciousness, there are a myriad, I would say probably trillions of other limiting perspectives within that one world. And you may choose to experience all of them or some of them depending on what you have already studied studied in the past. So depending on where you are in, in your evolution, sometimes horizontal movements make more sense and sometimes vertical movements make more sense. Yeah, I see that. And um, going maybe back to 3D uh, uh, perspective and truth, is there a difference between perspective and belief a complicated question because the answer is yes and no um you might have let's just say that belief is a more constant perspective a belief is something that you really dead set on a perspective could be also something that's fleeting like an opinion Right. An opinion, yes. So the like an and and I think if I asked you what is the difference between an opinion and a belief, you would say that a belief is something that you hold stronger to. Yes. Right. So um, if you look at energy, 
even in 3D, it doesn't matter. We can look at energy in, in any dimension, right? A belief is a very focused energy stream, like a laser beam. An opinion, an opinion is not. An opinion is less strong. It's a little bit more dispersed. It, it would definitely not feel like a laser beam. It's a little bit more of a cloud, if you will. Yeah. And then an, uh, um, an opinion is something that you can change quite easily. A belief is a lot harder to change. The tricky word about the word perspective is that it is used interchangeably to denote both belief and opinion. I really like how you use this um, energy example uh, because it kind of shows uh, how it works in reality. How would you describe uh, truth in this case from the ener energetic standpoint? From the energetic perspective, truth would be the light that's shining from up above on this whole situation. Ah. So it would be the greater sun. Not like one aspect, not one ray. But the, the celestial being that causes light to this whole dimension. That is the truth. Huh. And what if we add faith in this equation? So faith is a mirror. That's how, how I would describe it. And faith can be powered by any of these streams, right? It can be powered by opinion. It can be powered by belief or it can be powered by truth. Hmm. Now, of course, it's best that it, when it's powered by everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I believe. That also just happens to be my opinion and just happens to be the truth. Right? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. But also, um, the reason I said that it is a mirror is because it reflects back into your reality, you know, what you have faith about. Hmm. It's a great reflector. I see. That's really cool. And um, is there process behind truth creation like can you create truth <laughs> the answer is it depends now of course um if we go back to the higher perspective right truth also equals a certain set of laws right that are true for a large enough amount of entities all within a particular dimension now, every dimension was at one point created by the great architect. You know, there is the grand architect of the whole system of dimensions, and then there is an architect or a group of architects for each of the levels. So they define truth within each of these dimensions. How strict um, is it? So Th does it allow some kind of... I, I see we're going with this. You know how magic. Yeah, I see we're going with this. Okay, a great question. So the architects define two territories when they're planning a dimension. The territory that they call... Um, the, the territory, they don't really call it that, but like stuff that is immovable by entities that are going to incarnate in that, um, in that dimension, and then things that are up to them. We all remember that one of the quote-unquote laws of this universe is the free will, right? Yeah. So these architects would define what are the things that free will does apply to and does not apply to. I'll give you an example that is close to home, hopefully. Um, humanity, humanity does not get to define that Earth has gravity because earth has gravity this is one of those immovable constants that any human living on planet earth has to um subscribe to however light for instance right can be either a wave or a bunch of particles and that is something that you get to define in physics right hmm. so that's why there are some things that you can define as a human according to your free will, even things that don't appear to be so 
or appear, you know, one way or another, like, you know, it could appear that it's really an immovable force. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, some people are known to be able to stop rain, right? Now, it's not common sense that stopping rain could be governed by the little you as opposed to this large forces of the universe. Right. And the reason being is because rain, whether starting, stopping, anything, is within the realm of the free will of humanity as defined by the architects that built this dimension. So they left it up to humans what they want to do with the rain. They left it up to humans what they want to do with the wind. But gravity, not so much. How do we learn about things that are allowed um because i think it's a uh, well-forgotten knowledge there are very few things that are n that are not so you wouldn't go by and try to learn all the things that are allowed you would try to understand the very few things that are forbidden um can you talk about things that are forbidden So the things that tend to be true for planet Earth are the speed of light is what the speed of light is. The gravity is very real. And electromagnetic forces move the world. Everything else is pretty much fair game based on the principle of free will. Hmm. Now, there's also the principle of karma. <laughs> so if you hurt somebody... You know, you'll, you'll get payback. But it doesn't mean that things are impossible. It's up to you. You want to do something nasty, you can do something nasty. That's very interesting. So more things are allowed than are forbidden. So, so don't assume that because it's not common to do something, it is impossible to do that for a human. The only things that are truly impossible are the ones that the architects said, said that they are. So it seems like there are a lot of things that are possible. Yes. So what is the reason why people have this limitation? Like they kind of the belief are system. very limited. The yeah. belief system. Because the collective belief system is real and it actually represents its own force, right? Uh, through our mental bodies every human has a mental body and then the humanity has a collective mental body that's where your belief systems leave live they also are incredibly connected to your emotional body which is again there is one for humanity and then there is one for each and every one of you and those beliefs are generally powered by very strong feelings all and what that means is there is agreement between the heart and the mind and the agreement between the heart and the mind makes the world go round that is why certain things are impossible for humanity until they're not. I'll give you an example. Um, I don't remember what the exact um, time frame is, but it's like something that either to run a mile within a certain amount of time, like under a minute or something, a mile under a minute. Um, it was impossible for humanity for so many generations. All of a sudden, the first person runs a mile in a minute and then 20 people do the same thing in the year. Why does it happen? Arguably, it's impossible for the human, it was impossible for the human species to move that fast. No, the answer is it wasn't impossible, it's just the belief system that the human had, the humans had about their limit limitation. Once that limitation is lifted, all of a sudden, more and more people now can run at those speeds. Does it mean that at the point when one achieves or shows by example that it's possible, it becomes true. Like <laughs> it for, becomes true. for... Possible doesn't mean true. Possible means possible. Yeah. Right? Okay, <laughs> not to, because like, but if, if I said possible equals true, then we would get into another three hour long discussion. But let's look at Wim Hof. Wim Hof, yes. Some of the stuff that the dude does are quote unquote impossible looking. I mean, come on, wearing underpants and, you know, being in excruciating cold weather or doing yoga in the snow and, and, and getting 
real women that spend their whole life at an office to do that with him for 30 minutes or jump dive into like exceptionally extremely cold waters you know so like he's doing it and then he's showing the others how all of a sudden he forms a belief system around the type of lifestyle same thing with the switch to vegetarianism the more people are now doing it the more people are now teaching all of a sudden it's like the belief system of humanity changes Hmm. but is there a point when this possibility becomes truth or there is no connection so whether you can or cannot do something is also a perspective i don't know that i can call it truth it, it becomes your personal truth you know some people can hold their breath underwater for seven minutes and their that's their personal truth mm. and other people can only hold it for 30 seconds that's their personal personal truth Hmm. Something that is possible for one human doesn't make it so for others. So for something to be called truth, it needs to be prevalent in the vast majority of humanity. The things that I would call true is hu humans tend to live to not live to be 100 years old. That's the truth. Now that's about to change, actually. So, you know, if we spoke about know a thousand years from now that was not that's no longer going to be the case because more than 50 percent of humanity are going to live more than 100 years old now that's going to become truth so but in the interim when two people live to be 150 years old then three people to be 150 years old it's not truth it's their perspective and their personal truth yeah that's why i'm curious uh about how truth becomes truth is there so which level are we talking about let's go back to the beginning of the conversation which layer we're we talking because i gave you the personal layer i gave you the familial layer i gave you the layer of the truth of groups ah. then there is the layer of the truth of humanity then there is the planetary layer of truth the galactical layer of truth and the universal layer of truth which one are you asking so let's maybe talk about planetary like as a planet Okay. Humanity the that lives on this planet, people. Planetary is collective. Mm -hmm. Collective means belief system. So when 51% of humanity believes something to be true, that is the vibration of the planetary truth. Hmm. But somebody has to start the, the wave. Absolutely. Right? Somebody yes. has to come. Absolutely. create the wave and then 50 yes. percent belief and then it becomes truth yes so that's basically planetary truth planetary truth yes yes, yes. that very be important distinction yes planetary. doesn't become the universal truth doesn't become the galactical truth becomes planetary truth doesn't even become the solar system truth hmm. but as this person who starts this movement or wave um he just have to have a certain belief correct right? very strong belief correct. that he can she can do that belief or philosophy or the combo of both philosophy and faith, very often yes, yes i can live 200 years yeah and then you have to prove correct that it's possible yes and only after that people start believing you yeah and it's there's more to that it's not that you just have to prove but you also have to develop so a science experiment is not a science experiment until it's measurable and repeatable so for humanity to even believe that something is not an outlier they need to be able to measure it and they need to be able to repeat it so there needs to be a system and a process that the others can follow so if this person that lived to be 200 years old did so deep in himalayas and nobody ever find found out that's not going to change humanity. If this person had to or happened to have a lot of disciples that were writing down everything that he said into a system, then you can change the humanity. Can people influence your perspective on the energetic level? For example, you are a person who happened to be maybe walking on water, right? You developed this skill mm -hmm. 
there are a lot of people around and they just don't believe mm -hmm. like no it's lie mm -hmm. uh, we don't believe it's a trick mm -hmm. can they somehow interfere as in prevent you from walking on prevent water. you from walking from water because they don't believe you you know how you told me that on the planetary level 50% have to believe it to become true and then if the majority doesn't believe a for you to be able to do something in isolation you don't need 51% of people to believe that that's possible in fact if that was the case no true innovation would ever happen and then that first spark would be impossible mm. right so you can do it on your own like just believing in yourself Yes. Now, the thing is, it doesn't mean that you cannot have spectators. No, it absolutely doesn't. But do spectators influence you by being skeptical? Absolutely, they do. So the answer is, would the crowd be able to prevent you from walking on water? The answer is, if it's if it was skeptical, the answer is it depends on two factors. What is energetically stronger? Their collective belief that you would fail or your own personal belief that you would succeed. Hmm. Who's stronger? Whose belief is stronger? If their collective belief is stronger and you waver, then you can't walk on water. If your belief is so strong, if you're fully aligned, then no, they can't. Hmm. So it all comes down to the power, the strength, the integrity, and the alignment around your belief that you can do something. If your belief is strong, then nothing can shake it. Yes. Now, that level of belief is extremely hard hmm. in, in dense energies. Like, has it been done before? Yes. But like, is it hard? Yes. In, what, in this case, what, what does define your level of belief? Well, your faith, right? Yeah, your faith. <laughs> what, what does define your level of faith? Is it like a training, you know, how you no. prove yourself that you no. can do that? <laughs> I would call it as alignment. So basically, faith generally tends to not be unfounded, right? Especially when we say like a human believes that they can do something. That is the original creative spark, right? People who have faith and who have believed that they can do something that the rest of the people don't believe that they can are enlightened in the sense that they're somehow receiving a message from the universe or the creator or the guides or whoever is the higher level consciousness that's speaking to them that something is becoming possible for this planet or for themselves personally it doesn't really matter right it could be a personal challenge it could be a planetary challenge right so for them so they're receiving that belief or they're receiving that message that transmission they start to internalize it they start to internalize that in their mental body their emotional body then it goes to their physical body. Actually, it could change the physical aspect of their DNA and the physical aspect of their cells, hmm. right? So they go through that internal transformation. But truly, faith and an ability to believe in, 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 in like, like specifically in your own creative potential or in the fact that you can do something that's impossible for others is, generally speaking, divinely guided. And that happens from alignment with that, which, which is communicating with you. Oh, that's very interesting. So there is some help in instances when you change the reality. Oh, absolutely. Huh. So well, it's how not do you that think you do Jesus was in alignment? Yeah. Not in and of himself. He was always referring to father. Father, help me. Father, this. Father, that. That was his way to align his crown chakra and the rest of his chakras. But like generally, you know, that was the crown chakra was the one that he was working hardest to align because that are, is the hardest chakra to keep an alignment in 3D consciousness and in 3D space. Huh. And this is also the one that is required to talk to source. Like you cannot connect to source consciousness slash father energy, um, divine father, through any of your other chakras, including the third eye. So if one wants to change something in this reality, right? Because as we already understand, it's pretty flexible. Then 
there must be alignment so you can connect to your like higher self or any other forces that can then help you with this process correct without this help this reality is too dense to change it yes but here's the kicker you cannot just leave all the work up to that divine spark Uh, yes because like i said that integration has to span all of your bodies right so if it just goes into one ear, ear and out the other no matter how much source wants humans to fly it cannot make them so not unless it changes the laws of gravity and, and, and how the human body is structured, right? And then just like physically makes humans like birds. Of course, source can do that, right? But without making all those changes, the only thing that it can provide is the spark when the time is right, right? Hmm. And then the person, it's the person's job to internalize that, integrate that into every single layer of the body, right? The four layers. Yeah. The mental, the emotional, the energetic, and the physical, down to the physical level. And then they can make it happen. You have to do some work. Absolutely. Some action. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Got it. That's really cool. How can people use this knowledge about truth and perspective to form their own reality? Well, I would say that in a world where everything is perspective, right, literally, when the source split into two, everything became perspective. The truth in and of itself kind of ceased to exist in anything other than principle, right? You're fundamentally, even in a 3D world, living in a world of possibility. You're living in the world that's your oyster. You're living in a world where you are a creative force to be reckoned with. And the only thing that limits you is your perspective. So knowing that you came here to experience a certain perspective or maybe multiple perspectives. And for instance, because generally like humans, right, they're driven by a particular desire, but they can't always get it, right? So most people end up pursuing something their whole life and not getting there. And the one reason that they cannot align with it is because their perspective is not conducive to them achieving that or is not a vibrational match to that which they desire so knowing that this universe is infinitely malleable and most rules are not real or don't exist or are only there in perception then this is a world with no rules largely a very few that you should care about could possibly care about right so stop living this life like everything is predetermined and that you're in some type of slavery mode and start taking charge and if that means changing your perspective on things then do change perspective then seek out the people that have what it is that they want that you want and examine their perspective because perspective is the key to getting where you want to be belief system opinions about things is the key to where you want to be in life. So if you're not there yet, examine which ones that you currently have, find which ones are limiting, and eradicate them because they are no more true about you than the the other things that you don't believe to be true about you in the first place. It means that wider perspective gives you more possibilities. Absolutely. Right? By expanding, uh, you can see things that are possible that are impossible right now. That's exceptionally true. Yeah. Yeah. And then you always want to take perspectives that are expansive as opposed to limiting in the first place. Any fear-based perspective is limiting. Pessimism is a fear-based perspective. It's limiting you. Um, Optimism is a light-inducing type of expansive perspective. So people who are optimists tend to be better off in life, regardless of their circumstances, than pessimists. 
Hmm. And they tend to be happier, by the way, right? Pessimism, optimism, perspective. Right. You choose, right? You choose whether to have a perspective that this world is abundant or this world is too competitive and there is not enough here for everybody. All of it is a perspective. Just know that some perspectives are serving you, some perspectives are not. And get really, really granular ex about examining yours. And sometimes it's very hard to find your perspectives. So you look at your family and you start there. Look at all the beliefs that your family holds and divide them into the, into the two buckets. All these little words that your mom used to tell you when you were growing up or your dad used to tell, to tell you. All these little family sayings. They're very different family to family. And the one thing that they're pointing out to is the belief system of the ancestral line. And I am willing to bet anything that not every aspect of that perspective is serving you today. So you get to rewrite it or pass it on to your children in a suboptimal state. I mean, it's a choice, right? Planet of free will. There are pers perspectives, especially like you, if you look at planetary, for example, related to health a lot of them are false it's not even a perspective right it's like a lie uh, can you be more specific so for example people can tell that going to the previous episode uh, people can tell eating meat is good for your health mm -hmm. but is it the perspective because yes, you, you, <laughs> of course. But believing that eating meat is good, it doesn't make it good for your health. But it makes it better than if you believed it was bad. Better to a certain degree, but not making it actually good for but you. But good and bad is perspective. Oh, that's very interesting. And okay. it's true. Huh. <laughs> which makes it even worse because we just discovered that there is no truth that blows my mind <laughs> um, well and the only reason it blows my mind is because you're you're in a limited state of consciousness and that is okay listen you guys you're all meant to be listening to this living in the 3d world you know having maybe just gone through i don't know making dinner or going to school or whatever, like a very mundane task. And this topic is incredibly multidimensional. And it has so many layers, like millions of layers to look at it. So no, you're not meant to fully comprehend it from a 3D limited perspective. The easier way to comprehend this topic is to kind of like, maybe like let go a little bit of the anchors that are anchoring you in 3D consciousness and try to rise up a little bit. It's actually, this particular topic is easier to understand in a more med meditative state. Because then your perspective is higher. Your perspective is more expanded. Right? Yep. I see that. Mm -hmm. As opposed to when you're really anchored in 3D consciousness, which is what you are right now as you're interviewing me, you have tunnel vision. Now you're meant to have tunnel vision because that is the way th 3D operates. But it is a perspective. Yeah. If you were to have psychedelic drugs right now, you would have a different perspective. Right? Right. From that level of perspective, this perspective would feel quite limiting. And that one would feel a little bit more expansive. But then really, there is so much value in being in this particular perspective and studying this topic from this particular perspective not not everything is going to make sense and more things are going to feel contradictory than if you were to look at the same topic from the higher realm and that's fine that is just the learning and that's just the process that you chose to go through so all i'm saying is it's normal like is there a degree of maybe how hard it is to change the reality what are you trying to change uh so let, let's say first that maybe you're an, an athlete and you want to run with a certain speed mm -hmm. you have to train very hard to get there you can get there right and then there is something that is much bigger right for example you want to learn 
maybe m magic right mm -hmm. because ma magic is something that transforms and changes matter right uh, it's more it's hotter right is there a thing like hotter or easier to change the reality and then for example if you want to have a big change like you want to bring magic to this world let's mm -hmm. say it would require much more i don't know maybe people maybe resources maybe yeah, yeah, I see level. where you're going with this. Um, let's not get too deep into the rabbit hole because the answer is actually very simple. Mm -hmm. So um, here's the deal. It's very hard to go from zero to 100 as far as anything, like to really change the universe like cold turkey. It's, it's, it's hard. But what this universe is, it's, is it's stretchable. It's malleable right so it's um it's like a piece of metal like gold you know gold is actually very malleable so you can you can turn it into quite pretty much anything um so th th this particular time space reality is is malleable but it doesn't stretch into eternity right away so it like stretches over time I'll give you an example. Let's let's start with an athlete first, since that's what you asked. Um, going back to this example of a mile a minute, mm -hmm. right? So at the time, I believe that humanity cho chose to do this. They were not that far away from that goal. Maybe they were within like ten or fifteen seconds away from it, right? So it didn't. It was a you know a stretch goal but not so much that it's unheard of and then every you know year every season they would get closer and closer and closer like an inch at a time an inch at a time an inch at a time all of a sudden it became possible because you stretched the reality enough then then that that you know leap was possible from there to something that felt like a milestone till under a minute so the road that was walked by collective humanity from, I don't know, running a mile in two minutes to running a mile in 58 seconds was walked over many decades, right? Many years. And yet that leap is a very fundamental, huge leap, right? If you look point A to point B. So when you're talking about magic, and with anything, with changing the world, with anything, the trick is start small. Don't try to go from zero to a billion in three seconds. Now, you could, but the amount of faith that that would require, you don't have. Because faith is actually a resource that accumulates over time. Hmm. So your faith, in certain things would become stronger over time as a general rule you mean incarnation after incarnation or as um, it, it's both within one it could be within the same incarnation also so you know when when we're talking about magic now first define magic right like magic is quite limited in in, in this uh, space reality but if when you're manifesting something they would tell you well first try to manifest something that's really small like a chocolate bar don't try to manifest uh, I don't know, a, a six-bedroom house if you're trying to get there fast, right? So it's the movement from very small to bigger to bigger to progressively bigger and bigger that towards the end of it, you're able to manifest really big things and do so, so quite fast, right? And then you teach other people to do that. Absolutely. They believe that and then more people believe in that and then boom, instant manifestation possible in... A couple of hundred years, for example. Hate to say, but instant manifestation is not going to be possible in third dimensional reality because that is the whole point of this reality. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have instant manifestation. <laughs> yeah, I but understand. on planet Earth, yes, because planet Earth is not forever going to be stuck in 3D. Right, it's going to evolve. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that helps a lot to understand the process. So you develop faith, right? It, you collect yeah, you like you accumulate that accumulate. resource over time and not just faith right it's confidence and confidence you know 
is one of the streams that fuels faith too, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you have faith in something and then you have 10 different circumstances in your life that are trying to disprove that is what you believe in, your faith is going to get shaky. But what if you have faith and you have 10 different instances when that was true? Would your faith grow bigger? Would it become stronger? Absolutely. Right? And things like that, like little proofs, the proofs in the pudding, those things tend to accumulate over time. Now you still have to work at it, right? You can't just like sit still look pretty. But faith, strong faith, the one that is going to change the world, is the one that accumulates over time. That makes sense. And uh, it seems like this reality has its own kind of rule, right? That moldable, you said, right? It's one of its qualities. And there is nothing you can do about it. It's a rule for this reality. Well, yeah, but that is part of the same arrangement that um, the architects wanted to have. The intention was to have a 3D dimensional reality appear as if it is devoid of magic and has very limited opportunities for creativity so that whoever gets in here, thanks to the veil of forgetfulness, forgets their divine spark. And yet over time works to regain that spark despite all odds. That is the journey that humanity is on, is to regain that divine spark, the divine connection, finding the God within, right? And without. So both establishing the communication with source energy and finding that source energy within you. Because they wanted to build a world to enable this to happen, they had to set certain rules for it. And one of the rules is this universe, this reality, whatever you want to call it, has to be malleable. Because if it's not, there's not not going to be proof for these people that are just awakening that divine spark, that they indeed are connected to source. They indeed matter and they indeed can change things. So it is by design that this universe is malleable. It is by design that human beings can be in tune with nature and can command the, the four elements and the weather and everything. It is by design, but it is through your connection to the source within you, your own divine spark, as well as establishing a very strong stream of communication with your higher self, your guides and source consciousness, whether male or female or both aspect, that you really get to live that in your day to day and to experience that becoming practical as opposed to theoretical. Hmm. Got it. That that explains a lot. Yes. Good. Thank you. Glad so we much. got there. Yeah, we got there. Yes, <laughs> that last part was really important. All right, now I'm going to end our session. I'm very grateful for the information you provided us today. I'm asking the higher self to resist to where it belongs. With much love and much thanks for the help and information that has been given Maria today. I know that our listeners are really going to appreciate it. Now I want all the consciousness and personality of Maria to once again return and fully integrate back into the body completely.